It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. The Adam Ritz Show is live on campus today on the campus of the Laguna Beach Christian Retreat with the men of Kappa Alpha Order, and we are broadcasting today in front of a live studio audience. That is great. Thank you so much for the warm welcome. Our guest today is Nick Coots. Hi, Nick. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I am doing great. Thank you for joining us in front of the studio audience and uh, talking about your service projects on uh, your home campus of what? Cap or uh, Florida Gulf Coast University. Florida Gulf Coast. It's a fairly new university. I, I'm familiar with it in Fort Myers, Florida, and you're a Kappa Alpha Order fraternity gentleman, and uh, your role with the fraternity with this uh, community service project I heard about centered around Christmas. Uh, what was it, and how did it work? It was a week-long philanthropy event called K Days of Christmas. Uh, basically, we pinned up the five Panhellenic sororities against each other in a way to raise money for muscular dystrophy. So competition between the sororities, and you're the... I guess the overseers and the judge, are you the final judge of that? I mean, what were the, what were the, I, I got to know what these competitive activities were. Oh, uh, we just, uh, we made a whole week of events. We had like kickball tournament. We had uh, like a Mrs. Claus pageant. We had a dunk tank, like an event at a local restaurant, all kinds of stuff like that. Just kind of get them riled up going against each other, hoping to win the, the title of uh, K Days of Christmas. They got a big like, four foot trophy. It's great. And the thing about that that really entertains me is the uh, Mrs. Claus contest. What exactly was the Mrs. Claus contest? Basically what it is, each one of the sororities elected a girl to represent them and hopefully be their Mrs. Claus. And what they would do is we had a whole pageant that I wrote, having no previous knowledge of pageants. <laughs> so it was pretty interesting. Um, and just kind of got through and talked about like their experience with the order, their experience with mustard dystrophy, as well as just kind of like their spirit of the season. So it was really kind of cool experience to kind of get to know them. Did they have to dress up like Mrs. Claus? Oh, yeah. Uh, turtleneck and full winter garb in Fort Myers, Florida? <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> okay. A little bit less. <laughs> and they, okay, well, I don't want to know that. Uh, <laughs> and the winner, the winner of the Mrs. Claus contest gets her, I heard, gets her picture on your, on your composite, like your staff list of photos. Correct. That was an idea we got actually from the, uh, the chapter of West Florida. They have their Mrs. MDA. So she went from Mrs. Claus to then be our Mrs. MDA. That is fantastic. Okay. And how much money was raised? We raised about $6,700. $6,700 for MDA in Correct. Fort Myers. That is awesome. Let's have a round of applause for $6,700. That is awesome. Well, Nick can't thank you enough uh, for not only coming on the show, but for promoting uh, awareness, fundraising, uh, philanthropy, community service. It's a great inspiration for all of us, not only the people listening uh, in the room here today, but uh, coast to coast listening to this broadcast. You can get involved. You can do something. You can make a difference. Uh, like all the gentlemen of Kappa Alpha Order, including Nick Coots, thank you so much for joining us, Nick. Let's have one more round of applause for Nick. Get to know Adam at AdamRich.com. 
Get to know the radio show at adamritzshow.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Adam Ritz Show as we roll on from Knoxville, Tennessee. We're on the campus of the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, with the uh, Volunteers football squad, and we're here with staffer and coach Anton Davis. Hi, Anton. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great, and I can't thank you enough for having us down on campus. Uh, Your title with the football team is? I'm the Vol for Life coordinator, uh, essentially player development for our football team. So we've learned a lot about college campuses and football programs and athletics and the term player development and how uh, that transcends actually developing the athletic part of being a a student athlete, but it's more about life skills and making good decisions and off the field uh, issues. Is that what you deal with? That's that's what I deal with every day. I mean, we, you, you have a lot of parents and they'll see things in the news and they'll say, I wonder if they teach them that. I wonder if they talk about this or that. And, and that's exactly what we do. We touch on all those things that we know our players are going to face throughout life and hopefully leave them better prepared for life after football. So you mentioned the parents, and, you know, they have been entrusted the University of Tennessee with their son for the next four years. Are you, an, I guess, a, an important part of the recruiting process where not only head coach Butch Jones goes in to talk to the parents, but do you step in and say, here's how we're going to keep your son safe? Oh, absolutely. I mean, parents, it's important to know when you're turning your son over to a university, it's important to know that they're well taken care of. And uh, that's what we've made a commitment to do, to make sure we look after these guys for their well-being, but also prepare them for something other than football. We all know that football will end someday and you'll never put the cleats on again, and we want our young men to be ready and we want them to be prepared to go out and become stand-up citizens and 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 uh, uh, strong members in the workforce. Can you give me an example of of an initiative or a program that you're you're doing with your young men, your uh, volunteers? Wow, there's so many that we do. We we teach our guys everything. We teach them about branding. We teach them about how to handle the media, how to answer questions, uh, how to dress. Uh, we teach them etiquette. You name it. There's a lot of different things that we do. We're really big in pushing uh, community involvement so that. They can, in, they can sort of intertwine themselves in the community, plug in wherever they want to live, and, and not just be uh, uh, um, almost a token in the community, but a part of the community. Anton Davis is our guest, not only uh, on the coaching staff here at the University of Tennessee with the volunteer football team, but you were a member of this volunteer football team uh, back in the day. When did you play here? Way back in the day, way back in the late 80s. I uh, graduated in 90 and got drafted by Philadelphia. Drafted, so you played in the league, and uh, I'm sure we could hear thousands of stories about your football prowess, but I want to hear more, I guess, from the player development side of this conversation. How different has that uh, arena changed since, the? let's say, when you were 20 years old? Was it at the forefront of anybody's conversation, or was it just, hey, eat protein, go lift? weights that's what it was I mean it was uh there were two pieces of the pie that were always addressed academics and sport and and really make sure your academics are good so that you can play the sport but no one really focused on what are we going to do with these kids after they leave whether they make it to the NFL or not and so uh it was non-existent and I can just tell you I love having this program uh here now and in place it's great to be able to pour back into the lives of these young men and help them were there guys no names please I'm not I don't want to put anybody on the spot but were there guys you played with in high school, elite level guys, um, and in college that that could have gone pro but didn't because of character issues, off the field issues, lack of respect, lack, just not getting it, maybe drinking issues or arrest records? Tons of guys. I mean, there are a lot of guys who probably could and should have played in the NFL, but made one bad decision or two bad decisions, and it cost them their career. Uh, we always wonder if injuries. Uh, cost their uh, cost them their career, but a lot of times it's decisions that they make, and so we focus on those uh, good decision making, uh, good choices. We say the choices you make make you. So uh, 
uh, no doubt there's a lot of guys who, uh, if they'd had someone put their arm around them and say, hey, man, you need to listen, you need to do this this way or that way, I think it would have definitely helped a lot of people. Well, Anton Davis, we can't thank you enough for your time and for your work with the young people of America, specifically the volunteer football team. Before we let you go, uh, as a player here at Tennessee, give me uh, some triumphant moment you had where you knocked somebody's block off and ran up into the stands and the president of the university high-fived you. Tell me, give me a great Tennessee volunteer story from your past. You know what? Uh, There's so many uh, things <laughs> that we that did when I, when I was playing. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, we, we established a run game here when I was here, and we had so many guys. Um, uh, probably one of my most proudest moments is uh, Chuck Webb, you know, getting 294 yards in a game as a rusher. That that was a good day for an offensive lineman. Running backs don't get those yards unless the, <laughs> the big uglies up front do their job. That's exactly right, and we had fun. Anton Davis, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social technically. The Adam Ritz Show rolls on in Stephenville, Texas, on the campus of Tarleton State University, we're with uh, a member of the athletic department, Sherry Spellmeyer. Hi, Sherry. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Sherry, oh, Sherry. You like Steve Perry? You like that song, don't you? I don't think I've heard that one. Why are you kidding me? I have Are you kidding me? Oh, Sherry by Steve Miller. I, I'm sorry, Steve Perry. You, really? All right, now I have to... God, I, I didn't want to have I to sing. I know Baby from like way back when. Cherry from Baby, Frankie Valley. Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. Yes. Okay, this I is. I know that one. Okay, this is. Oh, Sherry, our love holds on. Holds on. That's sad. I like that one though. That is unbelievable, and I just butchered it too. I'll Google it when we leave here. You know what? When you Google it, you'll go, oh, I know that song. I just didn't recognize it the way Adam was singing it. Okay, and I apologize to my listeners for having to have to listen to that. Okay, so Sherry Spellmeyer, you are the Compliance Director at Tarleton State University, the Athletic Department. Uh, First off, what is Compliance Directing? It is making sure that everyone follows the rules set forth by our conference, which is the Lone Star Conference, um, our university, and then, of course, the NCAA. And we were talking earlier, I wanted to bring up drugs, a big social topic, uh, drug abuse. And, you know, when we talk about student athletes and college students, we we don't necessarily talk about drug addiction. Um, Sure, that's possible, and it happens on campuses coast to coast. But uh, before addiction happens, you have to just do a drug. So uh, you might be saving some of these kids with your drug policies from becoming addicted to drugs and having an even worse life than they would have had they not even tried that drug in the first place. So let's talk about drugs. I'm not asking you how many student athletes are on drugs. Uh, but, you know, I've always wondered from, a, from an athletic department point of view, you hear about drug testing. You hear about athletes failing drug tests. Um, what's that process? Well, um, I have to be the bad guy and give our sports medicine the roster. Um, So I guess I'm setting them up for failure on that one. But then once they get tested, um, if they do fail, then they're sent to me to sign up for a drug education course. It's about an 80-week or 80-hour course um, through a star council group. It's through a local group. um, And hopefully, you know, they get the attention they need. They are tested um, to see if it's an addiction or just an abuse. Um, was it just a one-time use, or is this individual, you know, on the road to addiction? And they get the the help they need. Is this all in-house? 
That's not, the drug testing can be in-house. Um, we do institutional drug testing as well as the NCAA bringing in um, and having drug tests, but we do send them out to do the drug education. It's not done in-house. Um, it's, again, a local group uh, or organization that does it. Now, I've always wondered from a legal perspective as well, you're talking about if a young person uh, fails a drug test, then you deal with it internally. If they get arrested for drugs, what's the difference there? If they get arrested, um, a lot of times it'll go through our judicial affairs on campus, um, and we don't necessarily get to have a say. Um, we have a pretty no no tolerance policy with that kind of stuff. Um, so if there's a if there's an arrest, then if they are convicted, then we most likely won't have them on our teams anymore, and they'll go through the legal process. Okay, and then legally, another question. If they fail a drug test, they go through your internal program, everything's fine and dandy, two years later, uh, their senior year, they are then involved with a crime under the influence of drugs or alcohol, and let's just say, worst case scenario, there's a victim who passes away. I, just in my head of how the legal system works, can anybody come back and say, we knew he was on drugs because, look, we've got the proof here from the university. He went through this drug program. Is there any sort of, I guess, do you have staff attorneys to make sure that that's all on the up and up so that you don't get blamed because you had a student that was on drugs, so to speak? Our drug policy goes through dr um, drug drug-free sports, and so they, they scrub our policy for us. Um, so I would say they're probably one of the only ones that really test it, but we do have system attorneys. You know, if anything, if arrests and things like that do happen, um, what legal status do we have to, you know, get rid of them or help them along? Um, the program they go through has connections with um, drug rehab places and things like that, and so when they go through that program, we, we have faith that they will hopefully get over that abuse. Well, we thank you for your drug knowledge. Uh, we bring you on the show or, you know, no, it's, you know what, it's a topic we need to discuss and uh, for it's our listeners. on our campus, I haven't had to wor um, worry about it. I've been here for three years and I do have limited knowledge because it hasn't been an issue. I'm just going to throw that in there. Well, that's perfect. That's great to hear <laughs> it, because it's, it's conversational. You and your student athletes talk about this. Exactly. Stuff. We do. Um, we have a general assembly every year. And that is the, one of the main goals um, and topics that we talk about. And we tell them, you know, if you don't take anything else out, take out that this, you know, it leads to um, life-changing events. But also, you're an athlete. So what are you doing to your body? We, we're going to expect a lot from you, um, and that's going to hurt you. So we try, to, we try to take it from two standpoints so they're not only seeing it. Well, when I go out with my non-athlete friends, I want to be able to do these things. But they also have to understand, um, well, I'm an athlete, so I'm going to be pushed. And can I be pushed with that kind of stuff in my system? So we try to get it, you know, both both directions. So maybe they won't necessarily, um, you know, maybe get caught up in, with their friends because being an athlete is so important to them. Well, we like to talk about these social issues. We don't assume uh, any of our listeners are addicted to drugs or going to do drugs. But uh, usually if you're Having the conversations, if you're talking about it, that's when you're proactive about not getting caught up in that kind of situation. So we thank you for coming on the show to talk about um, drugs and how you handle this topic with your own student-athletes. It's, oh, Sherry, uh, I'm not going to sing it. I, I promised I wouldn't, and I started to. You have to Google that song. It's Steve Google Perry. It. You know Journey? Journey, the band Journey. Are you kidding me? 
Your face is telling me you've never heard of the band Journey. Is it bad that I'm 25 and I'd rather listen to Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons? That is not bad at all. <laughs> no, that's absolutely fantastic. But uh, the song Don't Stop Believing." Okay, I know that, but I didn't know they, who okay. it was sung by. Is Don't that Stop Believing" by Journey. But I do know Frankie Valli. I'm okay. just going to throw that out there. Well, now, so. You know what? You are going to... I'm going to know Journey by the end of the evening. And you're going to download this song I and am. you're going to love this song. But not Sherry. illegally. Not illegally. Make good choices. It's Sherry Spellmeyer. Uh, compliance director here at the uh, athletic department of Tarleton State University. Sherry, we cannot thank you enough for sharing your knowledge and wisdom. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is head coach Paul Rhodes with the Iowa State Cyclones, and you're listening to The Adam Ritz Show. The Adam Ritz Show, traveling the country to find uh, interesting people and compelling community service and philanthropy. And today we land in Denton, Texas. We're on the campus of the University of North Texas at the Sigma Phi Epsilon Chapter House with the president of Sig Eps here at North Texas. It is Richard Randall. Hi, Richard. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Thank you so much for welcoming me into your home, your chapter house here, Sigma Phi Epsilon. Uh, let's find out about you. What year are you? What's your major? Um, I'm actually a senior. I'm a communications studies major with a minor in social sciences and in uh, military, uh, I'm sorry, uh, military uh, Bombing? No. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, military science. I'm a minor in military science. Oh, okay. Yeah. First time I've ever met somebody with a major in communications and a minor in anything military. Right. What, what are you going to do with this? Were you ROTC and all that too? Right. Uh, well, right now I'm in my fourth year of ROTC. And okay. so what that means is uh, whenever I graduate here in May, I'll be a second lieutenant in the Army. And so I actually plan to take everything I learned in college and put out on the battlefield and uh, join uh, in the Army. I'll branch the infantry and uh, go do great things in there. So I'll be taking the military path whenever I graduate. Wow, pretty impressive. So uh, a student, uh, the ROTC, the fraternity president, uh, very involved on your campus here at the University of North Texas. And we want to talk to you about some of the initiatives you have here uh, with your own chapter, Sigma Phi Epsilon. You were telling me before we started about uh, a philanthropy, uh, a way you, to raise money for one of your fallen brothers here at the house. What, what, what's going on with that? So uh, back in the summer, one of our brothers, Alec Wiley, passed away, and um, he was very heavily here involved with the fraternity and on campus. Uh, he was a biochem major here, and so whenever he passed away, his dad uh, kind of came up to us and asked us if we'd help him in a way to really, if we get together and uh, create some type of you know memorial for him, uh, we're gonna try and donate money to a certain pillar that's gonna be uh, you know just um, kind of for him uh, in the new IFC Greek Life office. And then we're also going to be helping him raise funds for a scholarship for a student in the uh, biochem um, university here. So a pillar, I guess, will be named after him. I, I thought you meant one of the pillars of the actual fraternity house here. You've got the big, you know, right. Greek 
uh, architecture pillars in front of your house. Right. Uh, are there pillars in the Greek Life office you're talking about? Yes, there's going to be different um, things that the Greek Life office is going to have to offer, yeah, certain tiles or, or bricks on the ground. Um, but uh, what they've told us is that whenever it's done and built, there's going to be certain pillars out front and that uh, with a certain amount of funds, you can actually, you know, buy, essentially buy one of these pillars to your fraternity and things like that. So instead of buying it, you know, just for Sigma Phi Epsilon, we're probably um, going to be um, purchasing this pillar just for, uh, you know, as a memorial for Alec and just for him to, for, you know, remembrance of our brother. So. Well, condolences for that was just last summer, you say, very fresh, and it's, um, it's admirable that you guys are pulling together to uh, not only memorialize him, to remember him. Uh, Alec, what was his last name? Alec Wiley. Alec Wiley, to memorialize him, but also to raise money in a scholarship for future students that want to be biochem majors. It's like a biochem scholarship. Yeah, that, and uh, that will be in his name, and it will be something, you know, that we can just keep doing uh, remembering him within the community and people can, uh, you know, people that might not have known him as well can remember him in the community too. And so we'll be giving that back to uh, the community in his name. Our guest is Richard Randall. He's the president of Sigma Phi Epsilon here at the University of North Texas. Uh, what other community service projects do you have going? Well, uh, just recently here in the summer, uh, it's an annual, we call it the uh, Balance Man Scholarship. And what we do is we take in applicants from incoming freshmen that are coming in from high school that are going to be going to UNT, uh, all male applicants. It's about a four to five uh, month process. And what happens is they fill out application. We, re we review the application um, just based on information that it holds within the, uh, the guidelines and the description of what they filled out. And then based on our kind of uh, decision making, they come in, they sit down with our brothers, they have uh, two rounds of interviews, one of them is a phone, and then one they come in just like a, a type of job interview. And then, uh, so and then once we select our finalists, we bring them here at the University of North Texas. We usually uh, hold it in our beautiful um, business leadership building, which is brand new. We'll hold it in there. We'll get uh, Dean Finley, which is uh, the dean of the business school, and we'll get President Rollins, president of UNT, the Greek Life Chair, uh, the assistant dean of the students, Greek Life Chair here at UNT, and the dean of students. It's a big event. All of our alumni come. Uh, it's it's usually 100 to 100 people in attendance, and we give out $3,000 to individuals who um, just kind of basically displayed our ideals of a balanced man with a sound mind or sound body in high school and we're just kind of giving back to me to the community in that way and rewarding uh you know incoming freshmen that way does this young man this incoming freshman have any obligation to then become a sigma phi epsilon member he actually he doesn't they wait, wait, wait he doesn't does not he does not no he does not have an obligation to join our fraternity wow. <laughs> so uh we, you know there's been times where you know they come around our guys and they come around the house a lot through this interview process and they decide on joining, you know, not not necessarily a fraternity, but an organization of guys that they, they really uh, seem to mend with coming here in college. So we really get some guys that never even thought of the word fraternity before. And so, but you know, there's some years that we give away to people who might join another fraternity or might not join a fraternity at all. So it's really, but that it's 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 not really our uh, main focus is to reel in people with this. It's just to uh, you know kind of give back to the community and do something great for 
you know, people who might be coming in and have a little bit of financial trouble uh, having mm-hmm. going through college, but, you know, did so well in high school that they should be rewarded for it. Well, I got to tell you, I've traveled the country, talked to many uh, students about their philanthropies and community service, and it's um, this is a first. I've never heard one where there's a scholarship and money and funding for a high school student to utilize to come to UNT. And I have to tell you, from uh, from a sneaky perspective, that's an awesome way to get a young guy who has great grades or great community service when he's in high school or great, uh, I guess, attributes of a balanced man, sort of get him, right. you know, aware of the Sigma Phi Epsilon chapter here on campus. So when he shows up, he, you've, he's already got a, a big foot in the door. Right. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good thing to, uh, you know, get guys exposure to. And we really kind of um, hit on the academic importance because here on campus we actually have the highest GPA, best overall GPA in uh, 2012, and we're going for 2013 now. So it is, like you said, it's a great way to reel in guys. Um, they get to come around. You get to meet. You get to meet some, you know, pretty significant individuals coming out of their high school. You know, top athlete, valedictorians, things like that. And so, you know, it's kind of a two birds, one stone. You know, yeah. Just curious, how many guys that are members of the chapter now won this scholarship when they were coming out of high school? Um, well. Uh, I'd say maybe around twenty. There's a there's a um, there's three finalists that we give money to, one being a, uh, a fifteen hundred dollar winner, and the other ones uh, splitting the rest of uh, I think it's uh, one thousand dollars each. Um, I know I went through a process and I was one of the finalists winning one thousand dollars whenever I came through. So uh, I'd say I'd say about. A good range of 20, 25 guys who are in the fraternity now have uh, actually gone through the Balanced Man Scholarship process and that were um, joined Sigma Phi Epsilon afterwards uh, when the uh, um, Balanced Man Scholarship uh, ceremony was actually included. So. Well, that's great, and it's great for our listeners to hear uh, there's people all over the country getting involved with their community, and it, it inspires us to get involved with our communities, too. So, Richard, we thank you for uh, your efforts here on campus and in Texas and uh, for appearing on the radio show. Do you have uh, any sort of Facebook page or a Twitter account that our listeners can follow, SIGEPS, here at North Texas? Yes, we uh, uh, on Facebook, you can find us in the University of North Texas, Sigma Phi Epsilon, or uh, our Twitter account is just Sigma Phi Epsilon Texas Beta. Either one of those ways would be an easy way to reach out to us, and we can reach back to uh, anyone we need to. So. Richard Randall, best of luck with graduation and your future career with the United States military. That's awesome. Thank you for serving. All right. Well, thank, thank you for having me. Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker, interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. Let's wrap up this show from Boone, North Carolina, on the campus of Appalachian State. We are uh, here today to honor one of you in this room with the Caught in the Act Award. The uh, Adam Rich Show is proud to partner with the Caught in the Act Awards to uh, honor a student athlete uh, across the country at campuses, various campuses across the country on, um, on your character and your community service and some stuff you do off the field and off the court. Uh, we talked to your coaching staff. Names were nominated, and it was unanimous that our winner today, and you can applaud if you like, our winner today of the first annual App State Caught in the Act Award is Logan Halleck. Come on down, Logan. All right. All right. 
You're a fan favorite, Logan. How are you? Great. How about you? I'm doing uh, just fine. And uh, I'd like to uh, honor you for your character. You've been caught in the act. It's a fun award because usually caught in the act means you did something bad. The last time you were caught in the act, it wasn't good, was it? Uh, no, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but now you, uh, you've been awarded for your character. And, you know, we don't, we don't do these things to get awards or accolades, but uh, it's just nice to be noticed. It's nice for the rest of us to, to be part of this as well because now we can strive for that uh, excellence as well like Logan, Logan's just achieved. Now, I've heard you're uh, part of the Student Advisory Academic Committee. What is that? Uh, it's called SAC, Student Athlete Advisory Committee. Okay, I was close. I was never part of that committee. <laughs> and what do you do with them? Uh, I'm the Vice President of Internal Operations, uh, deal with uh, things with student athletes, uh, events that we do on campus, and other things like um, our awards banquet at the end of the year, and uh, just making sure all the student athletes are on the right page. And those uh, service projects as well? Yes, sir. What was your last service project? Uh, we did um, community service with... Um, uh, tabs uh, for the uh, SOCON as well as um, just uh, the, the SAC board as well. Okay, and I also hear you've actually traveled to other parts of the world to help out with people. What have you done? Uh, I went to El Salvador last year on uh, my spring break. I uh, did a mission trip uh, with football. I uh, went there and spent a week there with uh, the El Salvadorians and uh, taught them the game of football. Um, and they also taught me the game of football as well. So, right. um, But it was a great, great deal. I got to speak to a bunch of students in the classrooms and uh, present the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's fantastic. And so your faith is at the forefront. Are you part of any sort of FCA group on campus? Uh, yes, sir. But I also lead the, the football Bible study here at App State. Uh, very proud of that. I've got a great group of guys that come out uh, every Wednesday night. And uh, we, we meet and uh, we pray over the team and uh, the coaching staff and our trainers and everything like that. And then uh, get ready to go for our, our game on Saturday at the Rock. You don't have any time to play football, it would seem. Uh, I make it work. And what is your major? Uh, physical education. Okay. And that's uh, Logan Halleck. He is your winner today of the Caught in the Act Award. Let's have another round of applause. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.